This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Just About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Today, we're chatting with nationally known author and expert on all things job search, Hannah Morgan. Her dad owned a top executive search firm, which may have inspired her fast start as a career expert. And now Hannah writes, speaks, conducts workshops, and widely shares helpful resources for anyone exploring a job shift. Today, Hannah will talk about resume trends, including the new style of visual resume. She'll offer lots of tips, like why it makes sense to target the places you might want to work, and how to write a great thank you after your interview. Hannah, it it seems like many job search experts get that way, become experts, because they uh, have been through transitions that uh, maybe were difficult or uh, made a big impact on their lives. But um, sounds like from your resume, you started out very early in human resources and quickly became an expert. You started writing and and you've been helping job seekers pretty much your whole life. Is is that right? And can you tell me a little bit about how that all evolved? Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> I um, grew up in a house. My dad was a professional headhunter. He had his own business, and he did a lot of placement in New York City, which we, I grew up outside of New York City. And so I grew up listening to him coach job seekers on the phone, prepping them for an interview. So that we, we were always getting, back in the days of phone, right, that was all there was. We were oh, He was always getting phone calls from people that he was helping prepare for interviews. So in my blood, I sort of grew up with that. Um, after I wanted to be a lawyer, and uh, so I, um, after college, worked for a law firm in Washington, D.C., and quickly decided that wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I held, from then, you know, I held a job, and I worked in a temporary placement agency for a number of years, and then I got into HR um, for a large company that I'd been working for. While I was there, the company grew from 120 people to 2,000 people. Wow. So that gave me a lot of opportunity to both go through the the growth of recruiting um, new people, but also in having to let people go. And I, I realized that um, letting people go was really the hardest part of that. And I sort of had a soft spot for people who were vulnerable um, after that that let go that the period of time they've been let go. So I um, grew tired of that role and was recruited by a company called Lee Heck Terrison. They had a local office and Lee Heck Terrison does outplacement services. And I went to their sort of training orientation program and I fell in love with it instantly. I had no idea that outplacement services was even a possibility for a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been helping people in job search ever since. And I and I, I wish for everybody that they can find something that makes them so happy that they just enjoy doing it and they feel, feel fulfilled because I can't imagine doing anything else. Well, you have put together this amazing 
group of resources on your website. It's, it's more than a website. It's a big, multifaceted um, platform, I know. Korea, I, this is hard to say, careersherpa.net. It's just an amazing place for people, whether they're thinking about maybe a job shift one day or they're really in the middle of a search. Can, can you tell us about what um, our listeners would find there and, and, and what your mission is? It, it feels like um, the, the passion that you just expressed in, in helping seekers, it feels like you turned it into something real there. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, Career Sherpa sort of started as a way to uh, dispense actionable advice to job seekers. I I really got into this around 2009, well, 2008, 2009, 2010, when the market went really bad. We all know what happened around that time. Um, And so I I started putting everything on my website because I realized that so many people were ill-equipped or didn't know what to expect as they were heading into a job search because, most people didn't have to look for a job. They've been employed for 10 or 15 or or more years. And so it was sort of bringing them up to speed on, okay, this is what job search looks like today. And so I've continued to sort of update the way job search happens today because it's not even the same today as it was back in 2009. Um, so I write about, you know, what questions to ask in an, in, in the in an, in, in an interview, what questions to be prepared to answer in an interview, like the standard kind of <clears throat> things that we think we should know, or we may have known at one point, but things have changed a little bit. So the expectations sometimes are different. Yeah, I love I love writing about the current trends. And I do a lot of reading and com- I have a lot of conversations with people who are recruiters to best understand what's happening in the world of recruitment and talent acquisition to make sure that I can educate job seekers so they're not caught off guard. I also love writing about personal branding because that's such an important thing, as well as all the social media tools and tricks to sort of build brand and uh, online visibility. Well, I want to get to branding in a minute because that's one of my favorite topics. But first, I've got to ask you a question. In terms of um, recent uh, trends and things that are changing, Our old friend, the resume, seems to be something you've targeted uh, as a a factor in the search that's really changing. And you've been talking about a visual resume. You've uh, written about the infographic resume. Can you tell us about that and, and whether or not that's really a thing that matters to most searches? You know, uh, what I find is that sometimes um, people, the job seekers that I've worked with have such a hard time putting into writing what it is they actually do and what they actually want to be recognized for. But if I if I offered them the opportunity to sort of visually represent what they've done, sometimes that inspires them more. And it, you know, it's a left brain, right brain kind of thing. And some people just feel more liberated and 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 have more luck when they have permission to use a visual. So part of it is getting people unstuck, but part of this is that the internet is one big search engine and it, you never know exactly how a recruiter or hiring manager is gonna be looking for people online. So I'm a believer that this visual resume is, is online content um, that can be created by anybody at any point in their career, which is a visual representation of their work. So let me break it down. We know that um, infographics take really complex information and make it simple and visual. Yes. And that's, and that's the whole idea behind the infographic 
resume or a visual resume instead of using the chronological work history and dragging you know dropping that down your resume it can simply be conveyed in a bar, bar chart or in a line graph to show historically you know from time time period to time period the roles that you held <clears throat> that's sort of one example instead of listing all of your skills why not show them in a pie chart which shows how much time you enjoy using them. So if I do social media, but I also do um, <clears throat> online um, uh, video, um, but I love the video more, I may show that portion of the pie larger. So it's a way to visual visually represent the skills and your and your attributes and your uh, experience um, that is sometimes more appealing or at least it's easier for some job seekers. Now, the more impor important question is when, do, who should use it and when should you use it, right? Yes. Um, the visual resume is a great tool if you're going to be networking. So rather than handing a, a resume over and having somebody read it, which would take some time and they're just skimming it anyway, networking with a visual resume or an infographic resume, it really sort of sparks a conversation because it's something novel. People aren't used to seeing it. And visually, they can pick the information off the resume more easily because it's not really a resume. It's a, a, a pictorial of what you want them to know. So it might be showing the different logos of the companies that you've worked for um, it's just much easier to skim and it leaves a really cool um, impression with people that you're networking with um, you the the point uh, th these aren't to be used when you're applying for jobs online so if you're filling filling out an online application and they're asking for a resume you can't upload an infographic resume it won't work in the applicant tracking system <clears throat> but it can go as an attachment within the summary of your LinkedIn profile. Um, it can be used when you go in for an interview and hand that over along with, as well, along with your text version of your resume. I like to think of the infographic resume as a supplement um, to the traditional text-based resume. It certainly can't replace it, but I think it does give um, a modern flair to the resume, and it actually makes it more enjoyable to both create and to read. That makes so much sense. You know, uh, as a coach, I often work with clients at the beginning of a search, or often I'm working with clients who are um, not in a search mode, but they've maybe gotten a big promotion or something, and they want to create some change that way. But for some people, starting with something like a mind map or a diagram mm -hmm. or something visual is a great way to get them to loosen up and notice the trends in their own career or the 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 many facets of what they want in the future. So I love the part of it as an exercise. And, and I think your second big point that this is a supplement brings us right to branding and using... Um, social media as part of your brand, because you could take that um, chart or whatever kind of um, pictorial uh, resume you've put together, you could put it on Instagram well before your search, you could create it as part of your brand, right? And then when you're ready for a search, you're already searchable that way. Absolutely. Yes, that's absolutely right. Hannah, the idea of an infogram or some kind of chart or some kind of picture reminds me of what I was just saying. I wanted to get into branding. I think that 
creating a brand, managing a brand, and preparing for a search or always being prepared for a search is so important as part of career building. Do you have more suggestions about how people can work on their brand, work on their reputation and profile as they're getting ready for a job search or maybe are in the middle of one? There are you know, there are lots of things that we can do that job seekers can do proactively to sort of get the message out about themselves. Um, obviously, having a robust LinkedIn profile is so important today. Um, that that's a, a really nice primary spot to really think about making sure that you're including awards, certifications, um, samples of work. Um, any kind of a visual representation or of your of what you've been up to personally, uh, um, not personally, but on the volunteer side as well, as long as that's sort of related, because more and more often employers are looking for somebody who's going to be a true cultural fit. And sometimes looking at your outside interests can help supplement that that message in a in your personal brand but oftentimes i i encourage job seekers to get involved with any kind of um professional association or organization or local event that is related to their their career or their targeted career just hanging around attending events or being on a board for one of those professional organizations or or groups really helps build some connections and and expose you to people in that in that realm where you want to be employed next Um, oftentimes people have specific areas of expertise and they really could either write about it or speak about it so if there's ever an opportunity to write or speak um, in your industry that's always great and usually the best time to do that is before you're unemployed but certainly if you are um, unemployed you could look for opportunities to speak about a topic um, that you're very knowledgeable in it might be a case study kind of thing Um, even writing about that is in the form of a newsletter If, if your company has an internal newsletter make friends with the editor or the editors and find out if they ever accept guest contributions and that's a way to get the message out um, while you're employed uh, about things that are going on but professional associations also oftentimes look for guest contributors so those are opportunities to write about but being active on social media you alluded to um, Instagram which is something that people typically think of as a sort of a a personal side of things but there's no reason why that can't be a little bit more professional take shots of yourself volunteering or attending a, a special project or event at work that's related to maybe helping out others, a philanthropic event. Um, take pictures of a, a, or share motivational quotes, things that are related to your industry or your occupation, just to build that awareness around what you're look, what you're good at doing so that even people in your network, the people that are connected to you on these social networks and people who know you through your personal life also know what you're good at doing. I think sometimes we assume they know what we do, but that's not really the case. There's, everybody's so consumed with what they're doing, they don't oftentimes think about, oh, what does Hannah really do? Yeah. I, I see her all the time, but I don't know what she does. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. 
Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. else that um, research is good for, aside from figuring out how to shape your brand, is, is to figure out where you want to work. Casting a wide net isn't necessarily a smart thing for job seekers. And I, I, I was um, interested in a blog you did fairly recently uh, about how uh, it's a good thing for people to figure out where they want to work and then figure out how to get there. Do you want to elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, the, the world of um, recruiting has changed a little bit. And, and so um, fewer recruiters are hiring people as a result of their applying for jobs on job boards. The, the highest percentage of new hires into companies is, are coming from referrals. And so in order to get referred, you have to network. But in order to network, you have to know what companies, the, the people that you want to talk to inside companies. So sort of I'm reverse engineering this, right? Yes. Um, to get to get to the, the right people who can refer you for the kinds of jobs you're interested in, you have to know the kinds of companies you'd want to work for. And so that then is sort of the fundamental shift that is a challenge for job seekers because they don't really know where they want to work because they like their last job. They didn't have to really think about this before. So that does take a little bit of education, but there are all kinds of great lists out there. Top employers like Glassdoor has a you know top companies kind of list, and every city has a top 100 list of employers. So that's always a good starting spot. But even sometimes looking at companies that compete uh, against a company that you did work for, or company if you find a great job with a hospital, then you should be checking out all the other hospitals in your region because they probably have a similar job. Um, so starting with that target will allow the job seeker to be much more focused and purposeful in the companies that they approach. So you can network to get that referral. You can do some due diligence and have some um, done have done some research on the company before you actually apply versus just slamming your resume on hundreds of jobs in a single day. We know that that's not effective and we know that that's so frustrating for the job seeker. So the target list at least gives the job seeker some more control over this process. I like the idea of the the seeker taking some responsibility and and really narrowing down into to employers, to specific activities that they're interested in. But what if they find something and they know, oh, that's for me. This is a great place. This is what I want to do. But I don't really have the skill set yet. Do you have some suggestions how they can get ready and, and keep going after that target, even though they're not quite there yet? Yeah. I And I think sometimes... I, 
I worry when people say they don't have the skill sets by just looking at a job description, because oftentimes those job descriptions aren't 100% accurate or the job seeker is being too humble and they may actually have what the company is looking for. They just call it something different. So if, if the job seeker has had a conversation with um, either the recruiter and the recruiter has said they're not qualified or they're not ready for that role or somebody inside the company, a friend of theirs or was referred to somebody and said, you know what, you just don't quite have the skills yet that we're looking for. We need somebody who can do this, this and this. That's the best news possible because then the job seeker, the individual can say, oh, while I'm talking to you, what are the you know what would you recommend the best way I acquire those skills? And sometimes they may say classes or you know attend the yeah. classes that are offered at, at this community college or you may want to take these online. I did or you may want to go to your local professional association because they have get get up to speed quick workshops. So oftentimes asking somebody what's the best way for me to develop these necessary skills will then give you more options than what you would think of yourself. Um, and I think that that's usually, you know, if you're missing hard skills for a certain job, if you're close, you're you're almost in the range, right? Yes. I think more and more more and more companies today would be willing because it's so hard for them to get the right talent. If you have everything except a certain tech skill, they're much more likely to say, "Okay, come on board." Um, and we'll get you the tech training because you've got like 80% of the rest of the stuff that we're looking for. And that's pretty good. Um, I think, it, I, isn't it partly that you're, you need to demonstrate true interest so that if there's a tech skill you don't have much of, but you go on your own and you find an online beginner course and you take it and you can talk about it enthusiastically, that's enough because it shows you're open to and excited about the skill. Absolutely. It takes initiative to do that. And that's that's what the employer wants to see. So that's a great idea. Okay, so let's say somebody has made it through the early stages of the process. And um, they're, they've had an interview, and it felt like a great interview. And then they have a moment of panic. And this is something I've seen with clients a number of times. It was a great interview, but I don't know how to say thank you. Do I say too much? Do I say too little? Do I say I'm excited? Do I play it cool? What do I do? Do you have some suggestions on how to write a great thank you? Yeah, well, I think, you know, if you ask 100 people, you'll probably get 100 different tips, right? But I, I think all of those tips are, they're all valuable. I think it really depends on so many things. But first and foremost, Beverly, yes, I think everybody should write a thank you. It takes, it shows that extra effort. It shows appreciation. It shows that you're interested in the job, the employer, the person. So just the fact that you take the time to send a thank you is wonderful. And um, so I often say, you know what, your job during that interview is to determine whether or not you want the job. During the course of that interview, you've asked questions, you've learned things about the company, and I genuinely hope that there was something that you heard during that interview that got you so excited about joining the company, right? Oh, based on what I learned, I was so excited to yes. hear that your company offers this additional training in this tech area. It's something that, you know, I've tried to learn on my own, but I know that um, I'd be willing to come up to speed by taking that class or whatever. Um, so using something you've learned in the interview and in referencing that in the thank you is great. Um, I, I think that 
you know, not everyone's going to hold on to that thank you letter or, or read it the way we want to. So as long as you put thought and effort into connecting the dots, explaining why you're interested in the job, being specific based on the interview information, you're great. Yeah. I think it's versus what makes me sad is when I see the generic, thank you so much for your time. I enjoyed media, meeting everybody, looking forward to the next steps. That that thank you note doesn't show any thought. You could have written that three weeks in advance and mailed it, right? Um, Absolutely. It's it's that specific information that really matters, isn't it? Yes, it it connects you to the person. Well, you have so many tips, um, and I'm going to continue going to Career Sherpa to uh, keep learning because whatever's the latest you have there. So I want to take a second and thank you for um, joining me in this conversation and and sharing so much so freely. I I send clients to you often, and everybody, um, I think, is uh, grateful for your generosity. So thanks for being here. Yeah, and thank you for what you do, Beverly, to get this information out there and for all of the work that you put into this. I really appreciate it. Today, we've been talking with job search expert Hannah Morgan, who widely shares resources that can provide great support for anyone seeking their next gig. Today's career tip is that your university's alumni network can be a great career resource but you have to learn smart ways to reach out. A good starting point is to go to your school's LinkedIn page and explore the alumni section. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. If you've enjoyed our show, please tell your friends and we'd love it if you could give us a five-star rating.